everybody, and welcome to the True Crime Squad. This is Katie Weaver. I'm here with my sister, co-host, and partner in crime. <coughs> wow, Christy Brower. Hello. <laughs> hello. Are you okay? <laughs> I think so. <laughs> uh, happy Wednesday. It is Wednesday yeah. night case updates. And there's a bunch. There, there really is. There are quite a few things, yeah. And some yeah. good news. There's some good news. Mm-hmm. Some good things. There's some good news. Some kind of mind-blowing news. Just, you know. Always. You the know, way always. things normally go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. For sure. But before all of that, how's it going? How was your day? Pretty good. I got a shot yesterday I've never had before. I haven't felt very good. So I've been kind of quiet and reading a lot on Twitter a lot. You know, one of those yeah. days where you just fall down a bunch of rabbit holes. I did that. I hear that. That's kind of nice, though. Yeah. How about you? Nothing too exciting. Went to physical therapy. Went to Fred Meyer. Just living it up. (laughs) (laughs) Ooh, Fred Meyer. Watched some softball on TV. (laughs) Nothing very (coughs) exciting because there's sure no softball going on here. Because we still Um, have snow, snow, snow. Uh, they that's create a new it. version of softball that you play in the snow with neon balls or something. I don't know. Uh, in snowsuits. Yeah. 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 In snows. Yeah. We're getting close. We may have to. Yeah. We even tried to procure a gym to start like our T-ball kids and our youngest kids. And this yeah. school district said no. So back those guys. Yeah. Exactly. Because um, <laughs> we don't know what we're going to do, but we'll, it's going to have to work out some way. Well, it will. This snow will melt. And I know I never stop bitching about it, but it will melt eventually. Someday. (laughs) Janet said after hearing my comment about cake earlier this week, she had to go get herself some. See, there you go, Janet. Let us all (laughs) eat cake. Yes. And let the haters eat shit. Yes. (laughs) That's right. Oh, gosh. I know. We're all so sick of snow. I'm so tired of looking out the window at snow. Oh. Yeah. It's the worst, but mm-hmm. we'll get it over because, you know, we're going to get real busy with the Lori Vallow trial and the West trial. And by the time those two things are over, the snow will be gone. We yes, won't even notice. That's right. That's right. We'll be It'll so happen. far down this rabbit hole with all of it. Victoria said that uh, they're melting over there. What? Oh. Yeah. Oh. I, wish, I wish we were. Lady Frances ate cake in bed last night. Well, let us all Good eat job. cake. Yes. I, I'm here for it. <laughs> Cranky would prefer a donut about right now. Hey, that <laughs> is totally fine. That's okay, too. Cake, donuts, you can have it. Well, let's kick us off with what's on everybody's freaking mind. The Lori Vallow situation. Oh, can we? Let's, oh. just, let's just calm the fires. Oh. Everyone. And then throw some kerosene on them. Because what was said in court today, if you haven't already heard, prepare to be so damn mad you won't know what to oh, do with yourself. Oh, this is bad. It, I mean, it doesn't really have anything to do with the case, honestly, but it is ridiculous. Yeah. As an adoptive parent, I find the whole thing real gross. Mm-hmm. So there was a conversation, well, a conversation, there was a hearing today, kind of a surprise mm-hmm. hearing that popped up yesterday. So there wasn't a thing we could do about it because it's in Boise. However, uh, we found a, a reporter in Boise, uh, and I'll show you her username so you can go follow her on Twitter. She mm-hmm. uh, 
tweeted it beautifully and we were able to get the information from her. Uh, so basically it, it was a hearing to determine who is, should be considered a victim. So here's the thing. Victims who may or may not be on the witness list may attend the trial. Otherwise, if you're on the witness list, they don't really want you at the trial. You're just there for your portion and then you get the hell out, right? Right. But if you are a victim, and victims typically have to be immediate family. That's usually the way it goes, all right? So what's happening is that Lori's camp is trying to kick the Woodcocks out of the courtroom. Yeah, yeah. I know. I know. Why do they even care? Really? Like, yep. Bullshit. They want to kick the Woodcocks out and they want to kick Lori's sister out, Summer Shiflet. Mm-hmm. Why? Well, <laughs> here's. <laughs> okay. I. This is what. Uh, I, I'm so speechless about it. This is what Karen Lair, she's the. Uh, or Lur Lair? She's the reporter. This, uh, and that's her username if you want to go follow her on Twitter. She's doing a great job. Uh, she said, Archibald cited Idaho adoption laws, says that since Kay's son terminated legal parental rights, she's no longer legally JJ's grandma. No one is kicking a grandma out of the courtroom. The only grandma would be Lori's parents or Tammy's parents. <laughs> that is what Archibald said. Oh my what God. A jackass. Also, these kids would never even have been reported missing had it not been for Kay Woodcock. What the hell? It, it's gross. It's gross. Why? It is yeah. mean. It is so fucking mean. But Lori hates Kay like. Oh. She does. I mean, Lori got. Fires of a thousand Lori sons. got Charles's. Um, uh, life insurance, you know, after Lori mm -hmm. and Lori and Alex killed him, he mm -hmm. had at least switched the money mm -hmm. to her so that she could take care of JJ. Ooh, that sounds like a grandma, doesn't it? Yeah. So a couple other things that were said that were of interest. Uh Wood or had argued that Summer Shiflet and Colby Ryan should be considered victims. Archibald She's Tylee's aunt. You know, Annie's name never came up. Yeah. I'm not sure if Annie's there. And maybe she isn't. I was going to look at her Twitter today time, but... and see what, yeah, she was talking about. Archibald argued that Kay Woodcock gave herself the name of grandma, not that she actually is a grandma. I have just, I am freaking dumbfounded about yeah, it yeah i am uh, too it's really gross it is cruel how well, many more cruelties have to happen to the woodcocks are you right kidding have me? they not been through enough already mm -hmm. well Absolutely. and you know i mean what they're saying is that victims can stay in the courtroom no matter what even because see, lots of them also have to testify as witnesses Mm -hmm. And you're not supposed to be in the courtroom as a witness mm -hmm. if you're also testifying, but they allow that for victims. And so that's yeah. what this is coming down to. Yeah. I just don't understand uh, why, why it genuinely matters other than to just be shitty to the Woodcocks. Yeah. 
That's just what it is. It's just well, intentionally he's still doing exactly what Lori wants, and this yep. is what Lori wants. She doesn't want the Woodcocks to be able to be present. Yeah. Uh, Archibald said that he believes that really the only true victims would be Tammy's children, and that he does not believe that they will be attending this trial. So, in case you were wondering, it doesn't sound like we'll be seeing Chad's kids. I don't know, unless we see him at Madison. Mm-hmm. Maybe. A- and unless any I of them are subpoenaed yeah. and have to testify, which could also be the case. Oh, Annie's not going to be there now since the death 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 penalty is off the plate. Interesting. Okay. Mm. So, and I don't know if we mentioned this, but we got it on good authority that uh, Arizona is just waiting. They are just yes. waiting. They are ready to take Lori on. That they fully do intend to prosecute her. Mm-hmm. Which is well, interesting because that's kind of gone quiet. And and I, I think we, well, because now that she won't be getting the death penalty, I guess they would get more of a crack at her. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fran said that Annie's name did come up on the auto feed, audio oh, feed. Okay. okay. Yeah. It never came up in any article or Twitter at all. No, but. I wondered about that. And I mean, of course, Colby, this, this is his siblings. Right. Yeah. But. So, of course, the judge didn't rule because far be it from him to ever just issue a quick bench ruling when, you know, time was of the essence. Right. So the attorneys both have until Friday to file um, anything else they want to say about this. And Mm -hmm. then he'll make a ruling likely over the weekend. So that's what's uh, coming up. But I are you kidding me? Yeah, I know. I can't help it but say crack at the apple sometimes because... (laughs) John Pryor has killed me with that one, and now I can't stop saying it. it. It's a good one. I mean, it. I mean, what the hell? Yeah. So anyway, we are Team Kay and Larry all the way, and think that this is the meanest, stupidest shit we've ever heard. Yeah, it's just it's just mean and vindictive. That's all it is. There's well, no legitimate reason for this other than just to be shitty to them. Well, Justin Lum made a really good point on his Twitter about this today. He said, Kay and Larry were present for Chad's pretrial and heard hey, all of that evidence. They sure did. They've been around the block here now for all of the other evidence that's been laid out here in the last three years. How could anything be all that prejudicial at this point? How could it? Right. It really yeah. couldn't. This isn't This isn't about making things prejudicial. You know it yeah. isn't. This is just vindictive crap. And it's pretty clear that the, the the way that Archibald and Thomas work is they just do whatever Lori says. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But I, as an adoptive parent, so I adopted my son. Yeah. And, you know, it depends on the situation, I yeah. promise you. But you don't just divorce people from their entire family. That's not right, especially if yeah. they're older and knew, and knew their family, you know. Yeah. JJ knew them his whole life. Mm-hmm. He was very much their family. Mm-hmm. It's just not right. Yeah. There's yep. no reason at all to do this to them. Oh, I did not know that, Brandy. She said, Nate Eaton did a report yesterday and started it off with voluminous. I died laughing. It's everywhere. <laughs> that word is everywhere now. Yeah. So funny. Yes. yes, Larry looks terrible. He does. But you know, you guys, when this first, when they first found the kids, Kay and Larry were in town. Um, they were in town and they did, well, they came to town and they were supposed to do a press conference. And my daughter was uh, a member of the press that was attending it. 
And at the last minute, it was only Kay. And they were crammed in this little tiny room at our little tiny newspaper office. And there were all of this press there from all over the country. And then our little, you know, local kids from the school newspaper uh, that uh, were right up front and center. It was pretty great. But uh, at that point, Kay said that Larry's blood pressure was so high because he was so upset that he had to go back to the hotel room and lay down. Uh, this has been extremely hard on him from the get-go and it has on K2. I am sure she has been very stalwart, but I can't even imagine, you know, what this has done to her health and mental health as well. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Lori's still pissed that K got that money. Yeah. Mm -hmm. She is. Absolutely. She's pissed about that and that she's pissed about that K um, called the police in Arizona and, Mm -hmm. you know, Tipped, tipped him off about what was going on and they called the Rexburg PD and that's how this all started. Yep. Kay is the one that found Lori. She is. And figured out she was in Rexburg and got the police on her. Thanks to Lori ordering her, her wedding rings on Amazon on Charles's Amazon, Amazon. account. But yep. yeah, if it hadn't been for Kay, the police would not even have known those children were missing. Nope. This Ugh. could have gone on for a lot, lot longer. It's really yep. gross. Yep. So that's what's up. So they're supposed to be getting rolling. I am not sure when opening statements are supposed to be. I don't think they're actually quite scheduled yet. They're still yeah. selecting the jury. We know that people are going through the jury selection process. We're hearing uh, from lots of sources <laughs> that people mm-hmm. are going through the jury selection process. So that's all happening right now. But they had said April 3rd is when the trial will begin. And I doubt that it does yeah. um, because they don't start jury selection till tomorrow. So, or well today, but anyway, I don't think that, I don't think the third, I don't think they're going to be ready. Yeah. I think it'll be later in the week. We're kind of waiting. We are going to try to get into the courtroom for opening statements. Definitely, definitely want to be there for that first day. And, and then we're going to kind of, yeah, farming out days amongst us to try to just get as much coverage there as we can mm-hmm. and go from there. Well, and rely on our very reliable local East Idaho news that has covered yep. this, um, you know, from the beginning too, mm-hmm. because we know we can get accurate information from them. Yep. Cause yep. boy, there are a lot of people jumping on the bandwagon on this case right now, right at oh. the end. And I'll tell you what, I have heard some ridiculous bullshit out of people podcasters and you know various Mm -hmm. people that are you know trying to jump onto this case now that genuinely do not know this story Mm -hmm. it's really unfortunate Mm -hmm. so Lori was arrested in february and chad was arrested in june yeah answer your question jr yeah yeah it's crazy yesterday news nation said that Lori has had has been having regular visits from a mormon bishop at the Fremont County Jail. Lori like, was never in the Fremont County Jail, dumbass. <laughs> there goes your credibility. She's never, Fremont County Jail yeah. doesn't even have a woman's. No, prison. it's all men there. That's where it's Chad has been. Yeah. Also, yeah, she probably has. They mm-hmm. have the right to visits from clergy. And the only clergy that visit the jails around here are Mormon bishops because everybody here is Mormon. That is yeah. no kind of smoking gun at all. No, it isn't. It isn't in the least. Yeah. 
Yeah, to not even know that Lori wasn't ever in the Fremont County Jail and, and her being housed in Madison and how all that has worked. I'm like, well, hmm, maybe you should have interviewed us, News Nation. <laughs> right. Did you actually know this case, like for real? <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's a little teaser. We're doing an interview tomorrow. Can't mm -hmm. tell you what case or anything, but, uh, and it's not the Vallow case. It's not the Vallow case. Uh, for a different case that we covered uh, a while ago that we did a, a good size series on and yeah, for a documentary, it's, it's preliminary. It's very preliminary, mm -hmm. but again, pretty exciting though. Seen a little bit more lately. It's been kind of fun. Yeah, yeah it, it is. It's really cool. I can't yeah. wait till we can share that with you guys. It's very cool. Yeah. Yeah. So we'll drop a teaser now and that's it. There you go. How, how do you like that? You probably don't. <laughs> Well, we are getting a little more attention, and that's certainly something that we want. Yeah. Um, if you are on Twitter and you don't follow us, please do. We're just True Crime Squad over there, and we're mm -hmm. doing a lot more <laughs> tweetifying over there. We haven't really been much on Twitter. We've been other on other social media, but we need followers like super bad. So if you like Twitter, go follow us and then retweet us because we're tweeting several times a day now and. We'd really like to build our, you know, we're, 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 we're under 200 followers, so we'd like to get a lot bigger than that. We're very new on, in the Tweetiverse. Yeah. yeah. But we're not I, new. We've actually been there for years, but. Well, all we've done is just it. tweeted out like our, when our episodes go live, we haven't really yeah. done anything till now, but we yeah. will give you the deets. It's a case that probably no one else has ever covered ever except for us. Yeah. So Pretty you'll close. see. Pretty close. You shall yeah. you you shall see, or we shall see, or yeah, something like that. And, and maybe nothing will come of it, and in a few months we'll say, "Well, this is what it was," but we don't know. We just yeah. don't know. Yes. Well, let's change gears. Christy, talk to us about Pamela Smart, please. Oh gosh, I hope you guys remember this case. It took me a minute when I was reading this update, but I recall it now. This is an old case out of New Hampshire in 1990. Pamela Smart uh, was a high school media coordinator. She was 22 years old, and she had an affair with a 15-year-old student. And that 15-year-old student murdered her husband. Oof. And so there were a few other teenagers that were involved also. Uh, she swore she didn't know about it, but she was convicted of conspiracy to commit murder along with some other crimes around, you know, like murder for hire, that kind of thing. And she was sentenced to life without parole. Mm -hmm. The young man who killed her husband and the other teenagers that were involved um, have served their time and have been out of prison for a long time because they were yeah. kids when this happened. So she still um, upholds her innocence. Mm -hmm. And, you know, she's been in prison since 1991, I think, 91 or 92. So she has exhausted all of her her judicial appeals. So and, and every, you know, she's never gotten anywhere with her um, appeals. No. So now she's now um, trying to get her sentence commuted. She's appealing, trying to say that she's sorry and that she feels terrible and that she, you know, that she's served her time now, mm -hmm. which I think her husband's family would probably really question if that is true no, or yeah. not. But um, 
so just kind of some interesting legal jockeying is going on. Um, the, the most recent filing um, went to an executive court and they were, they have rejected her um, request. I guess it only took them three minutes to request to um, reject it. <laughs> so there's now a right. You know that's the thing. I mean, she has appealed and appealed and appealed, and there's just nothing. Mm -hmm. there, there's nothing to to appeal on. Yeah. Um, now this is going to the state supreme court in in New Hampshire. Um, because. Well, basically, there's a big question about the separation of powers, mm -hmm. if the courts should be um, reducing her sentence or commuting her sentence, because isn't that not the court system's job? That should actually be coming like from the parole people, um, except that she she was sentenced to life without parole. So she doesn't actually have the right to go before a parole board. They're really everybody's pretty unsure about what this how this could even happen. Mm -hmm. Um, but they're not given up yet, I guess. No, apparently no. Um, the state attorney general's office says they have opposed smarts commutation requests. Um, there have been three that have been denied by that council, um, since 2005. They're saying she's never accepted full responsibility of the crimes. She's never actually come out and publicly said, yes, I was involved. Yes. I asked him to kill my husband. Like she's never actually done that. And when it comes to, you know, getting some relief, mm -hmm. uh, they just don't give it if people don't fess up. Right. Right. So um, she, she's an interesting person. She has earned two master's degrees while she's been in prison um, and has been she's she tutors fe uh, her fellow inmates. She's also been ordained as a minister and as part of the inmate liaison committee, you know, they work kind of with the, with the prison to try to make things better. Mm -hmm. She says that she is remorseful and has been rehabilitated, but she still does not say that she actually did it. Mm -hmm. um, she did apologize to her husband, Gregory's family, um, but not still, they say she's never actually said that she did it or actually took actual mm -hmm. responsibility. Sorry, this kid did that basically is her yeah yeah um you know their her attorney is mad and feels like they just sort of brushed this to the side and didn't really make it a priority <laughs> get mm -hmm. this uh her attorney mark sisti said the elected council did not spend any time pouring over smart's voluminous petition <laughs> <laughs> Uh, which included many letters of support from inmates, supervisors, and others, or even discuss it before rejecting her request. I don't know what to say about this. I remember this case. I remember when it happened um, vaguely. You know, I remember hearing it about it because it was a student, student, yeah. you know, school staff kind of situation. Mm -hmm. Um. Apparently, there are no actual rules around reviewing a request like this. And so there's nothing that even says that they had to re read the voluminous petition. Wow. Um, I don't know. This trial was a big media circus. It was one of the first ones, a really high profile case. It was, a, you know, an adult and a student, you know, at a school. Um, and we saw, you know, lots of them after. But this was the first one that was really highly televised. 
Um, there's a book called To Die For written by uh, Joyce Maynard um, that came out in 1992 mm -hmm. that basically loosely is inspired by it. There's yeah. a film called To Die For also that was mm -hmm. uh, Nicole Kidman and Joaquin Phoenix mm -hmm. um, that were, you know, that is fairly famous. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I just don't think anybody wants to feel too bad for her. Yeah. Uh, there was really no question that she was involved in yeah. this and they, she did get a 15 year old boy to kill her husband. Yeah. Oh, I really appreciate Amanda's comment. She said it's, it seems like the media doesn't mention how gross it is that she slept with a 15 year old. Right. If that was a man, it would have been the, wouldn't be the second, or it would be the first thing mentioned. Uh, yeah. Right. There's such a double standard there with uh, women sexually assaulting boys versus yeah. men sexually assaulting girls. And it should be, it shouldn't be that way. Yeah. No, it shouldn't. And, and her undue influence over this kid. Yeah. You know, it kind of doesn't matter if she asked him to do it or not. If right. he felt he needed to, because you can't forget the part about her being an authority over him. Right. So yeah, I, it doesn't seem like New Hampshire's very interested in giving a damn about, yeah. about her and about um, even considering letting her go. So I don't know. Right. It doesn't seem like much is going to happen. Yeah, agreed. Right. And yes, M says you can't be remorseful and not guilty. Right? right? That just right. implies that she is in fact guilty, but she will not admit it. Mm -hmm. Sarah also said they give away free master's degrees in prison? Sign me up. Uh, right. Yeah. there Actually, what? there's a lot of um, education that education mm -hmm. opportunities in prison. Maybe that's why. Some, there was a guy in Utah a couple weeks ago that uh, robbed a bank for a dollar because he was desperately trying to get into the jail. Uh, I'm not sure why. I I don't know why, but uh, maybe uh, wow. he was trying to get to prison so he could get a master's degree. Yeah. <laughs> right, Amanda. According to Billy, the kid, um, she was basically saying they couldn't be together if he didn't do it. So it was very much implied that yeah. that's what she expected. And yeah, a 15-year-old kid in love. You're right. Yep. It is. It's super gross. Well, a 15-year-old um, kid in love is an idiot. He is going to do the dumbass thing. Right. Yeah. And I'm honestly, it, it appears as though she's just not going to get out because yeah. um, nobody's really interested in listening to her. Apparently, she can refile this petition every two years. Mm -hmm. So she may be doing that again. Yeah. Yeah, Halo said some people do commit crimes in order to get back into jail for various reasons. This was mm -hmm. an older gentleman that I i really don't think has been in jail before. But uh, yeah, it's usually somebody that goes, I can't function out in the world. Yeah. I just need to I go back in. Be in jail. Yeah. Huh. And know. occasionally people who don't trust themselves to not be in jail. Yeah. Right. Three hots and a cot. That's part of it. Yes. All right. Well, let's move on. We still have so much and we've only covered two cases. Okay. Uh <laughs> that was Let's talk about Sarah Wendra. Oh my goodness, right? So Sarah Wendra, you guys remember this Sarah Wendra? She is the woman that was charged with failure to report the death of Michael Vaughn. Michael Vaughn is the little guy that's been missing from Fruitland, Idaho since 2021. And not too long ago, Sarah was arrested and, you know, they searched her whole property. Her husband, Stacy Wendra, is currently in uh, being held in a federal facility already up on other charges. They haven't charged him with anything yet. Uh, they've been kind of waiting to get through Sarah first. And 
-hmm. And then there's also the two roommates that she mentioned that they've been seeking out. But in the meantime, Sarah was immediately found not uh, mentally competent and was put in a state mental hospital. Well, word, Sarah has been declared mentally fit to proceed. Yeah. So she has been at the state hospital in Blackfoot all this time mm -hmm. and since November. And she has now been found competent. So she's being sent back to Payette where she should be present for her status conference on April 18th and preliminary hearing or sorry, status, status conference on April 17th and preliminary hearing on April 18th. Prelim's going to be super interesting in this case because mm -hmm. there were a lot of questions when this happened. Is this person sane enough to have been to being to telling an actual true story? Yeah. I mean, we all had this conversation like, oh, shit, mm -hmm. is she just making this up? Um, right. Well, the, I think the problem with the body, according to the police, is mm -hmm. that the body was where she said it was and then it was moved. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 Uh, the preliminary, I believe it's the 18th of April, Amanda. Let me double check my notes. Yeah. Yeah. April so 18th. We shall see what they're going to say now. Mm -hmm. And, you know, we don't know what's going on with her husband because he's in federal custody. Mm -hmm. And if what there's, so there's nothing about what he's saying. Nothing right. Publicly. Right. And he hasn't been charged with anything as of yet. So, We'll see, but uh, that's good news. I hope so. I just, for Michael Vaughn's family, I just really want some closure for them. This is just dragging on and on and on and on. Yeah. <laughs> Amanda has a calendar to check these things. Yeah, I get you. I yeah, pretty much have to, do. don't you? <laughs> yeah, for sure. So anyway, I, I think that's good news. I, I hope it is. I, I hope she can stay saying gosh right at the time here's the thing when she was arrested she was on kind of a house arrestee kind of probation situation she was. and part of that was that she was supposed to be receiving mental health care and clearly wasn't because right. she was who she was bonkers as heck well she yep. was doing her own mental health care and it was all about the bible if you'll recall oh that's her, right uh, her really major born again stuff was mm -hmm. all over her social media and that's right. Yeah, I think she was trying to use that as, as her treatment. Halo says, now that she's spiffed up, I'm interested to hear what she has to say. That's right? correct. Spiffed up mm -hmm. and ready to come back to court. Her and Lori both. Yes. We know all about that. <laughs> well, and speaking of not spiffed up, I'm going to tell you about, and kind of spiffed up, we'll talk about Letitia Stosh here, Stotch here in a minute. Uh, mm -hmm. Before that, however... Christy, I'm going to kick it back over to you to talk about uh, the case of the gay men in New York. We covered this. Yes. There's some really big news in it. Yeah. Okay. So you may remember we covered this a few months ago. There were two men who had been drugged and murdered in New York, two gay men. Mm -hmm. They were uh, Umberger and Ramirez. Mm -hmm. And the mother of one of them was convinced that there was someone um, doing this, that this was, that they were being targeted and that mm -hmm. this was all, um, you know, that, that, that there were multiple cases that were all connected. And, you know, the police were kind of like, oh, we're not sure we want to go there yet. 
But now what they're talking about is that there are multiple people who have been charged mm -hmm. in relation to this. There's only one name that's been released so far, and that is Andrew Butts. He's 28. Mm -hmm. um, he was charged in June because he used Ramirez's credit card mm -hmm. to buy some Nikes. But we don't know where he got the credit card necessarily. But there were thoughts that they were, they were using GHB or some kind of a date rape drug and that they were then um, robbing them yeah. and taking their credit cards and stuff and using them. Well, now mm -hmm. um, now it's coming out that it's not just gay men. It, it's heterosexual men as well. And that these crimes, um, they, all, they all happen in Hell's Kitchen in New York City. And that there are multiple, multiple people involved. Mm-hmm. And what they were doing was they would drug them and sometimes they were killed and sometimes they weren't is what it sounds like. Um, but they were drugging them and then using fa their facial recognition on their phones mm -hmm. to unlock their phones and then loot their accounts. Yep. So this is, I think, going to be huge. But it, yeah. the New York Times came out with it just today and we're still there's still tons of stuff we don't know. Yeah. But they're saying several defendants face charges. Yeah. So I'm really happy that something is being done about this. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Um, because it seemed a little like things were being ignored. And I think that the parents of both of the young men who were killed initially were feeling that way. Like yeah. this wasn't being taken very seriously. And it turns out it is. And I don't know if this is like some kind of a financial crime ring or what this is exactly right that's what halo said sounds like a criminal network it kind of does doesn't right it? so what yeah. the police department is saying um is that they have um they're investigating a pattern of similar similar crimes at both straight and gay bars which might mean that some of those defendants are women interesting um, yeah. And that the victims have been a mix of heterosexual and LGBTQ people. Mm -hmm. Detectives believe more than one group may be involved in the crimes, according to two of the officials with knowledge of the case. Wow. Yeah. Yes, the butts gang, cranky. <laughs> Get this. Yeah. There's also a woman. So uh, the police said that well, there sure. was a death in July of a woman named Catherine Marie Gallagher. She was a fashion designer who worked with Lady Gaga, uh, Laverne Cox, and a bunch of other high-profile cases. Mm -hmm. She was also a drug-related homicide, and they think that she may have been a victim of this, this oh, or wow. these uh, mm -hmm. rings of criminals. Wow. Yeah. This is going to go big. Yeah, I, I think that it is. And mm -hmm. um, I'm just really happy to see that they took this seriously. Mm -hmm. They have been very, very quiet about it, they have. obviously. Um, 
That's true, Sarah. That will probably take hate crime off the table. Yeah, because there's a financial motivation. Right. Yes, yeah. it probably will. But, you know, the question, because the two that had kind of been connected were both gay men. There was some thoughts that this was the gay community being targeted, but it sounds like it's everybody. <laughs> yes, I know. Yeah, that, that butt guy, he sounds like a butt. Yes. yes. And he did use a credit card of one of the victims. Mm -hmm. So is he a part of one of these rings? Possibly. Mm -hmm. So we're going to keep you up on that, but I'm excited wow. to see that there's some movement here. Absolutely. Yes. Well, let's talk about Letitia Stotch here for just a minute. Oh, good Lord. Yes, we have to. That's this fool right here. Letitia, of course, is the woman who murdered her stepson, Gannon, this darling kid here, uh, in, in Colorado. And then his body was found in a suitcase thrown under a bridge in Florida. Yeah. There's been so much back and forth in her case. If you think the Daybell Vallow case has been a belligerent turd circus, oh, the Stotch case has been something else. It she has. is something else. Mm -hmm. So they're just about, well, they're in jury selection right now. Excuse me. And uh, they are now saying that uh, the defense is saying that their psychiatrist has concluded that she was in a psychotic state at the time of Gannon's murder. This has gone back and forth between the defense and the prosecution's experts multiple times that she has been found competent. No, she's actually psychotic. Uh, <laughs> here's the thing. The findings of the sanity report were unknown until Tuesday when the defense attorney informed a potential juror that his expert found Stotch to be insane. And the yeah. prosecution is like, say what now? So they have not seen that report. They have now, but they're trying to call it bad faith on the defense's uh, report. Now, <laughs> This is what the prosecution said. And if this just gives you flashbacks of Daybell Vallow on the flip side, the prosecutor said, this is a disrespect to court deadlines. I've never seen anything like this. Oh, honey, come on over to Idaho. You'll see a whole bunch of it. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the judge, too, was pretty uncool about all of this. But anyway... So now it sounds like that's what the defense is going to be going for is the uh, sanity or insanity evaluation that she was cray cray when she did it. And that's basically what their defense is going to be. It, it's ugly. It is so ugly. They had 75 jurors in the courtroom yesterday and they're trying to narrow it down to 16. Now, They've had lots of people that, you know, can't serve because of health issues and other conflicts like that. They have others that said that their past experience with child abuse would give them, you know, a conflict. Uh, they've had others that said that uh, <laughs> this one woman said, my mind is made up and I'm positive I can't overcome my bias. <laughs> Another person said, I just don't believe she's insane. <laughs> Another person said, I know I couldn't change my mind. Anyway, so... It's tough to do really, with this bullshit. 
Yes. So by the end of Tuesday, they had 18 potential jurors who are coming back on April 3rd for the final stage of jury selection. So that's what's going on in that case. It's just a lot of back and forth about whether or not she's actually bonkers to the bone, what's really happening. Last week, she tried to refuse to appear, basically, and her attorney said, is it okay if she doesn't come? And the judge was like, uh, no, she'll be here. And and he signed orders for the jail that she'll be here. Mm-hmm. And if you have to bring her kicking and screaming and strapped into a wheelchair or whatever, she's going to be in court. Yeah. So that, to me, really makes me wonder what... Uh, what are we going to see out of her in court? Oh, gosh, I cannot imagine. But it is very hard to believe that she was in a psychotic state when this happened because she literally transported that child's body across the country yeah. trying to hide it. Yeah. Um, that's psychotic yeah. people do not have the capacity to do that. Right. You know? Yep. Erin, <laughs> my eyes started twitching after you said her name. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, right? Yeah. Uh, and yes, Paula, she did try to represent herself at first, which... Mm-hmm. Darrell Brooks, anyone? <laughs> uh, right. I, I'm wondering if we're going to have some Darrell Brooks-style uh, out- outbursts from her in the courtroom. Uh, this is going to get interesting. It. Yeah. But just justice for Gannon, for God's sake. That's all. Right. I mean, this is all about a little boy who was murdered. Let's remember... This isn't about her and all her bullshit. Yeah. She sure is good at making it about herself, though, isn't she? Yeah. Jessica, good point. She killed him, moved him to a storage locker, then put him in a suitcase and moved him to Florida. Multiple car rentals to move him. Yeah. Yeah. She was in a psychotic state, really? To organize all of that? No, she wasn't. Yeah. There's no way. Yeah. Sure, Jan. Sure. Okay. Mm -hmm. Well, that's where it's at, but we'll keep a close eye on it. Uh, that trial, I think, is going to get interesting. And it's televised, so I know. Weird. Oh, Christy, there's a little bit in Coburger. What you got? Yeah, and, and what I want to say is everybody chill the fuck out about Coburger. People are freaking out. I, mm. you know, I haven't been on Twitter very much, and I'm like, my God, people are reactionary over here. Mm-hmm. So, and we actually reported on this a few weeks ago that there was an officer in the same um, police department that that is investigating the um, murders in Moscow, Idaho, that was being um, investigated and was in some trouble. So mm-hmm. the prosecutors now have reported, and this is this is really just to prevent any problems in the future. This does not mean it's screwing up the case. It isn't. Yeah, no. Um, but what they they notified the judge, the prosecutors did this week, um, that they're disclosing potential Brady Giglio material. And this is related to an officer involved in the investigation of Brian Koberger. Mm-hmm. Um, and so he's being investigated in some kind of confidential internal affairs deal. We don't know what it is because it's personnel related and they legally can't re- they can't release it. Yeah. Um, But it's an officer who worked on his case who's in trouble. It doesn't even mean it's about Koberger's case. Right. It just means it's an officer that was involved in his case. So they're reporting it now Mm -hmm. so that the defense can't come back later and say, um, hey, we didn't know this and this, you know, could have impacted the case. They they have to just report this stuff. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be okay. 
that mm-hmm. officer's going to get whatever consequences they've got coming and mm-hmm. it's it's going to be fine. Oh yeah. Um, the other thing is that people are harassing the living shit out of Brian Koberger's family yeah. to the point that his sisters have both been fired from their jobs. Yeah. And I'm just putting out a plea into the universe that people stop harassing the family members of potential murderers. You know, he yeah. accused murderers. They aren't accused of anything. They're in hell. Their family member is, you know, accused yeah. of four people potentially could get the death penalty you know they need to be left alone they are they have plenty of their own trauma to deal with absolutely for what he's done well and this family is seriously struggling financially this is not their fault no it's not their fault at all my god he was clear on the other side of the country doing this stuff right right i mean you think about how far away they were from idaho at the time that these things happened Mm -hmm. you know it's really yeah. sad and it's just gross. Yeah. And, you know, it gives true crime a bad name. This is the yeah. kind of stuff that makes people think that people that are into true crime are crazy. Mm-hmm. And, you know, most of us are not going out harassing anyone. No. But a few do and then they make everybody look like idiots. And mm-hmm. it's just sad. I can't imagine being the sibling of someone who's now accused of four murders. It's awful. Yeah, for sure. It's yeah. disgusting. Yeah, it is. It's disgusting. It's sad. And just people need to stop it. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, there's a very interesting update in Lucy Studi. Do you want to tell us about that? I'm Lucy so Studi, curious. She's the woman who said that her her dad killed between 50 and 70 women when she was a little kid. And she remembers helping to bury the bodies and all that stuff. And then... Um, the FBI got involved and, you know, they went out there and did a bunch of looking and found no bodies. Remember this happened last Mm -hmm. fall? Well, they figured out now that the well that she was actually referencing Mm -hmm. is not on the property that she lived on as a little kid. Remember she was in elementary school when this stuff happened. So they're back at a property next door that the well was actually on the neighbor's property so this case is not over they are not done looking because it's come to their attention whoever officials attention that lucy was a little kid and didn't know the difference between her her dad's property and the neighbor's property right there is a well there is a well that has been filled in and it Mm -hmm. is on the next door neighbor's property Yep, and they're back at it. They're back at looking, yeah. And you know, that sheriff in that county was just, he just believed her. Mm -hmm. Just felt like she was telling the truth and he didn't want to let this go. And when they didn't find anything, it was like, okay, we can't really keep going. But obviously someone's been still researching and stuff and now they've figured out that, oh, they have actually not looked at the right well. Mm -hmm. So we'll see. Yeah. (laughs) We'll let you know if they find anything. I'm so, so interested in this. I'm so invested in this one. I'm so invested for Lucy's sake, you know? I mean, She's besides the fact that very traumatized solve a whole person. bunch of cold cases, but right. yes, what that poor woman has been through, whatever's gone on in her life, yeah. She, yeah, she's so very traumatized, and, and I don't know what it's from. And, you know, I was relieved when they didn't find anything like, oh, good, this, this serial killer was not functioning under the radar for all that time. Mm-hmm. but now they're not sure. So yeah. there is going to be some um, 
investigation of the well and we'll see fascinating yeah well let's talk about the west trial oh we have been waiting for this forever yes this is the trial of course for Oren and Orson West. Uh, well, it's for Trezell and Jacqueline West. Yeah. Missing little boys, Oren and Orson West. And Trezell and Jacqueline were their adopted parents. And they were accused of and, uh, of course, uh, charged with their murders. When these little boys disappeared, it was in December of 2021. And... <coughs> As the uh, police started their investigation, it became more obvious that there weren't little boys living here. Those little boys weren't living there. That dad had claimed that the boys were playing in the backyard and that he was hauling firewood and turned his back for maybe three minutes and they were just gone. So opening statements have started. I wish I could show you the entire opening statement from the prosecutor because it is full of bombshells. I don't have time to do that. I'm going to show you a tiny bit. Uh, But before I do that, I'm going to show you a little bit from Trezell's defense attorney. A few things. He should really consider hitting his inhaler a little harder before he does (laughs) stuff like this. Or taking some anxiety beds or something. You'll see what I mean. My God. Uh, But his defense is basically that they they lived in California City. His defense mm-hmm. is that the police department in California City didn't like this couple because they were biracial, didn't like this family because they were biracial, and couldn't believe that anyone would kidnap black kids. And so they just refused to really look for these kids and just wanted to blame these guys. What? That's his defense. Holy shit. It is ugly. Uh, Yeah. So I'm going to show you just a minute of it. This is his very closing piece. The closing bit of the opening statement. They can only identify three boys. There's issues with that footage. There's issues with these interviews. They're inconsistent. The boys are inconsistent from what, what they're saying. They contradict what adults that were in Cal City say. They retract things they've said. They've gone back on certain statements. They conflict with each other. And what you will see is interview technique used by Officer Hansen is improper for children. And with Officer Hansen, it also extends to adults. That is a table. That is Miss West. That is his hand on her thigh. He never handled this investigation like she was the mother of missing sons. This was a tragic accident is what the evidence will show. All right? They don't have an answer for it because it was tragic. But instead, Trezell is here on a murder charge. The bottom line is Cal Cal City out the gate just never thought anyone would take two little black boys. That's why the investigation will look the way it did. This is Trezell West. This is Jacqueline West. And their two little boys are missing. Thank you. Holy crap, dude. You have got to get your anxiety under control. Is this like his first big case? (gasps) He's like having a panic attack and talking at the same time. 
Wow. Yeah, my goodness. Uh, hard yikes. Yeah, the heavy breathing is something. Yeah. Um, he talked like that the whole time, though. Very chalky, mm -hmm. you know? Um, yeah, and his, his whole, uh, I would say it's around 20 minutes. It went on like that. Well, tragic, tragic accident means you're innocent. What? Tragic accident? Well, if it was a tragic accident, where the hell are those children's bodies? Mm -hmm. What a what? bunch of bullshit. Yep. Uh, he's, course, he's so disjointed. A lot of it did not actually track or make sense. No, it didn't. And Yikes. When he very first started, he was talking about to the... Because uh, this whole case basically hinges on what the other kids have said. Right. Uh, particularly the oldest, but all of them have made and it's all in the opening statement i really really if you guys are interested in this case go find the opening statement uh from the prosecution for the west case and watch the whole thing it's about 25 minutes long if you just google it you'll find it it's, oh it is full of bombshells it's unbelievable but uh also i mean even just in this little bit right his opening statement versus the uh prosecution and her attorneys withheld they reserved their opening statement. They didn't give theirs. Uh, well, so they were reported missing right away until the police discovered that they hadn't had those kids for about three months. Yeah. Yeah. It was one of those, oh, it just happened, but no, it really didn't. So I'm going to show you this little piece by the prosecutor, and then I'll tell you a little bit more about what he said. An officer. She interviews children. That's what she does. But on that date, she speaks to Adrian. That's a screenshot of him there sitting on the couch, December 28th of 2020. On that date, he, heard, he told Sonia Barton that while they were still living at the apartment in Bakersfield, he heard noises in the night coming from Orson or Oren. The first person to find Oren in the morning was his parents. What he saw was Oren. His color was fading. There was throw up coming out of his nose. And ultimately, he died at the apartment there on Baker's, in Lotus Lane in Bakersfield. He told uh, Sonia Barton and also later in his testimony that Trezell and Jacqueline did not call for any medical care for Oren. Uh, Trezell went to grab something that looked like some form of medical device, maybe a stethoscope. But ultimately, they didn't discuss getting medical care for Oren. They let him die. What they did is they discussed keeping it a secret. Uh, Adrian, both in his interview and ultimately in later testimony, they asked him, that being Jacqueline and Trezell, if they should tell somebody or keep it a secret. And what you'll hear testimony is through Adrian is that he knew if they told somebody, they would be taken away from their parents. Now, as for Orson, again, this is based on uh, what you'll hear in evidence in this case on Adrian's prior statement and testimony. Orson was in California City for about four days. At some point, Adrian heard a loud thud in the night. The day prior to hearing the thud, Orson was there. The day after the loud thud, Orson was gone, and he hasn't seen him since. He believed that Orson was taken back to his grandma's. Now, again, the time frame of that. So, yeah. And they All didn't even die at the same time. Like, no. Oh. And those poor kids that know this. God. All three of the kids, or all four of the other kids, have given uh, 
similar statements. Now, yeah, the defense is right. They changed their stories a little bit. A little bit. Their little kids, their little boys, they, they're doing, they, they're recollecting to the best of their, the best they can. But here's a few interesting things that the police discovered when they were first looking for the boys. There were, it, this was Christmas time. It was December 19th. Mm-hmm. There were no Christmas presents under the tree for either of those kids. Yeah. There were Christmas presents under the tree for everybody else, but nothing for Oren and Orson. And, well, in case you're wondering, I didn't tell you their ages, but uh, Oren was four and Orson was three. Just little guys. Yep. Yep. So... At any rate, that's uh, in case you wondered. Uh, but here's a few other interesting things. Supposedly, they were both still diapered. There were some size six diapers on the top shelf in a closet. That was it. There were no diapers in the garbage. There were no wipes, no changing station, no baby bag. No, no uh, evidence of diapered children anywhere, which I thought was really interesting. Yeah. Uh, toothbrushes. They asked to see their toothbrushes, and she pointed them to a couple of toothbrushes that were on a shelf that were literally dusty and stuck together like they'd had some something spilled on them. Obviously not been used no. in some time. Uh, they did not find clothing for these kids in the house. They did not find sippy cups or, you know, other dishes or things that would indicate that little children were eating there. There was a real absence of little guys in this house. Mm-hmm. It was one of the things that really keyed the police off immediately that something's not quite right. By the way, I said 2021 and I should have said 2020. I apologize for that. Right. Uh, at any rate, it is pretty fascinating. The other thing is that uh, they've made statements about the little ones being babysat by one grandma while the other grandma was helping them move and stuff, only to find out after uh, interviewing the grandmas that they were both told the same story. Mm-hmm. That you had grandma and you had grandma, or you know, you had the kids, no, you had the kids. Pretty interesting. There's a lot of interesting things. One thing that the defense says is that there's a video uh, on someone's ring doorbell of the boys walking down the street the night that they disappeared. And the prosecution says that is patently false, that they will never be able to produce that video because there isn't one. That that was only a rumor. There's no evidence of it. And the defense keeps repeating it as if it's true, but there is no video. That's pretty freaking interesting. Yeah, it is. So that's just the beginning. Those were yesterday. Those statements were yesterday. Today, the whole day was spent playing uh, evidentiary videos from uh, police the interviews with the parents. The interviews from the preliminary stuff. That's going to go on for a while. Uh, bear in mind that the kids have all testified in front of the grand jury. That's where these uh, indictments came from, was a grand jury. There was also a moment where after, because when the kids were found to be missing, all of the other, all four of the other kids were taken into custody. And mom actually tried to interfere 
with the oldest shortly after he had uh, spoken to the police the first time and told them what you just heard the prosecution say. She tried to interfere and get in the middle of that and tell him not to say anything. And in fact, she told the foster parent that if the kids were going to be speaking to the police, they needed to get an attorney immediately uh, before they ever spoke to the police again. And then later that summer, the courts actually issued a restraining order because they were trying to get permission through their counsel to have jail visits with those kids. And the prosecution's like, uh, those kids are witnesses. They aren't having jail visits with you people. And they actually had to issue a restraining order to prevent that. Like, what the hell? Yeah. Right. Yeah, they can't be talking to them. No. So oh, those poor kids. My God. Awful. Awful. One of the things that all of the kids said, and some of the grandmas said, is that, and the parents said, is that those two cried a lot. And that they yeah. had them separate from the other kids because they were such a problem. And they three were and three four. and four. Of course, they, they cried a lot. They're four. three and four. Mm -hmm. And th that doesn't make them a problem. They're little children. God. They were always oh. crying. Yep. They were always a problem. Mm -hmm. Not a problem. That is oh, really God. super sucks. Yeah. So we will keep a close eye on this one. Uh, it's been one we've been waiting for for a while now. And. Yeah. Again, uh, go watch that whole opening uh, statement from the prosecution. You'll be pretty blown away. Maybe, go watch the other one, too, if you can handle it. <laughs> I can't stand to listen to that guy talk because it makes me anxious to listen to him. The, the breathing and Try the bouncing and around. Yeah. Are his pants just really too tight? Like, something's wrong. <laughs> That's tough to take. I, I have no idea. It'll be interesting to see once, uh, you know, things kind of settle in if he's still like that yeah because his defense is pretty fascinating that's wild this is just all based on the fact that the police didn't believe that anybody would kidnap black kids really except the police have been right on top of this case from the beginning from the beginning they there worked was very no hard on this case to act in this case they worked really hard in this case yeah no that's wild Yep. He also says that there's leads that the uh, police received that they refused to follow through on and a bunch of stuff that I think is going to be really easy for the prosecution Defense attorney stuff in. to say, you know. Yeah, for sure. So anyway, that's what's up with that. We have one more case, yes. and this is Tanvi Maripoli. Yeah. yeah. I talked about Tanvi a couple of days ago. She's mm -hmm. missing and out of Arkansas. I got in trouble for saying I got the I got the state wrong. Candy yes, has been found safe. Yes. Candy was found safe in Florida. We don't know any of the deeds and maybe we never will. Um yeah. but she has been found safe and she's being reconnected with her family. There were there was thought that she might have run away because she was afraid her dad was going to lose his job, which would result in them being deported. Mm -hmm. Um really not sure for sure yeah. what what happened there but hell she's alive i mean that's a yeah far and away better result than most of the time so the police are working right now to get her back to her family yeah yeah between her and the morris kid coming back safe there's a couple of big wins i know i'm right god poor little scotty morris 
Yeah. He's back safe and thankfully not at home with his parents right now. No, he's in care. Yeah. Yeah. I'm glad Let's that there's stop. an investigation going on there because something's just not right there. Absolutely. Yep. Well, what a relief. I'm so happy to hear that. Oh, Fran pointed out that John Walker, the police chief, is black. Yeah. Right. It's just bullshit. It's just. Like, I'm all for racial justice. I think you all know that from watching this uh, podcast. But really? But yeah, that was no. That's weak sauce, man. Very much. Yeah. That's John Pryor style. We don't have a case. Yeah. <laughs> just... Yeah. All righty. Well, that's it. We've done it and done it. We've gone over time. Mm -hmm. So thank you guys so much for being here. We will keep uh, eagle eyes on what's going on over in Ada County and let you guys sure. know anything that we know. We'll tweet it and put it on our Facebook page. We'll be back next week. We don't really know what's going to go on with our coverage during the Vallow uh belligerent herd circus as it is uh we're gonna still bring some episodes to the table that aren't daybell vallow uh but we'll probably be doing a lot of vallow too because uh you know the time is nigh so mm -hmm. it, it, we don't know we don't know we'll yeah. be here How's it may that? be a little different but it might yeah but because we want to make sure we get as much in on that as we can Yep. So that's what's up. Alrighty, guys. Well, like, share, follow. You know the ropes. Thanks so much for being here. Do something good for yourselves. And I mean it. God damn it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> you do deserve it. <laughs> yes. Thanks so much, you guys. Take care and have a good night. This has been yet another production of the True Crime Squad. Bye, everybody.